And we're starting in three, two, one. Hello, my friends. My name is Howard Kara. I'm a junior here at Barnard College studying economics. And welcome to the H Suite Chats. So today's episode, we have Miss Ari. How are you doing, Ari? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's Tuesday. You know, we're in the middle of the, not the middle of the week, but we're going towards the middle of the week. We're entering like midterm season on campus. Yeah. I'm, I'm scared. Yeah. Same. Honestly, I'm just, you know, when the, the beast is going to come out, but yeah. you're just waiting. Yeah. No, but, I mean, I have my first exam next week, so. Okay not very happy something about you guys your science you science students it's just you guys have your exams so earlier like so much earlier like my exams don't start till like march i don't know what's wrong with these people anyways that's fine (laughs) let me introduce who this ari is since we want to go into that's how you know the life of a college student it's so relatable so ari is a junior here at barnard college she is a double major in cellular and molecular biology and also english what an interesting combination i'd love to hear more about why you chose those two but Ari, I'm going to hit you with the newer question that I like asking people, which is, what are some misconceptions people have of you when they first meet you, if any? Well, I think it's that's a hard question to answer because when I was younger, it probably would have been a lot different. I was very quiet, very meek to a lot of people when I first met them. So people would probably think that I was really quiet and very boring and very like reserved And I never really got out of that until like late high school. But now in college, I think a lot of people would think I'm really loud and very like obnoxious, a little bit vulgar and kind of out there. And it became very apparent to me that that was the case during uh, orientation week freshman year. Really? How so? Um, I met this girl. I'm not going to say her name. Because we don't need that type of negativity in this space. Not but here, honey. Not here. Not here. But um, this girl was a very opposite person than me. Just when you would think, when you would look at her initially and look at me, you would not think that we should be interacting. But I am the type of person that doesn't like to have those boundaries between me and my friends. Right. I like befriending any type of person so I was talking to her and I was having a really good time and then within 15 minutes not 15 minutes like 45 minutes of like talking to her inviting her back to my dorm like I was with my roommate Annie like we were all together this girl just turns to me and goes we are very different people Mm. And I was like, that's the most passive aggressive thing. I know. Right. I, I, I was like, you don't know me. I, you just met me like 10 minutes ago. (laughs) Quite literally. How do you know who I am? And then I was like, oh, maybe I just give off a bad impression. Or she just had a poor judgment of character. Probably that. I know a lot of people who I am friends with who also do not like her, but we don't need to get into that. Okay. So from meek and quiet in like high school age to loud and rambunctious and stuff yeah do you think that transition happened because you knew that that was the stereo- that was the misconception of you when you were younger like you were like oh i have to be like completely different now because i want to make sure people know that's not how i am 
A little bit. I also think that I was kind of a very messed up person (laughs) before I went through that good therapy. Okay. (laughs) I think everyone should go through therapy because it really, I had a lot of anxiety. I still do, but I, I have learned how to control that. Okay. And tell myself like, no, yeah, be yourself. Right. Don't be worried about putting your best foot forward Always. because, mm-hmm. you know, you only live once. So no. oh, you just hit us with the the classic. I know, right? Classic yellow. <laughs> no, I think therapy. I mean, yeah. And therapy in, in whatever sense that means to each person. Mm-hmm. I feel like I went through my own therapeutic phase. I didn't have to go to like a clinical oh yeah no you don't do you don't that, have but... to go see a psychiatrist right psychiatrist that's what i'm gonna or get. like a therapist or anything like that like talk to your mom talk to yourself journal i don't know anything like that anything you want to do podcast podcast be creative i don't know talk this is how i'm friends. getting my venting out honestly <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is though but no thank you okay and that's a great way to start so let's leeway into my favorite question which is of course the reflective question and that's just you already kind of hinted it a little bit but mm-hmm transitioning into college we here at barnard what made you choose barnard to be your college of choice and just walk me through that process okay it's kind of a really funny story and i've gotten really used to telling this story because as a employee at the barnard store we're required not required but a lot of people come in and say what's your story so i know my story really well (laughs) (laughs) i initially did not know what Barnard was. I grew up very much like pressured from my parents to go to an Ivy League, so to say, right, or just like a really high-end, nice, like well-known college. And my dad had studied English at Columbia when he first came to America. And so he was very fixated on either me going to Columbia or me going to Yale because they were both close to my house. And he was like, we can visit you, mm. which is funny because they have not visited me for, for <laughs> as frequently as they said they were going to when I was younger. But I never r- knew about Barnard until my sister was applying to colleges and she was touring like a bunch of different schools she's two years older than me so I was within within the age range of like high school like should be looking towards yeah thinking about college whatever the case yeah yeah so like I got dragged along to like every single college tour and for some reason I was always sick for every single one of them I like passed out at UAlbany twice I like vomited at Binghamton And then at Barnard, I didn't even, I was so sick. I did not even know that we had taken the train into the city. (laughs) You know, in a different context, these stories would be so very prevalent to the college student. Right? But um, (laughs) it was, it was pretty bad. So I asked my mom, where are we going? We're walking in the city. I, I'm barely alive and living. And she's like, we're going to tour the Women's College of Columbia University, Barnard College. And I was like, well, I don't know what that is. So um, I'm pretty not jazzed about having to like schlep through New York City half awake. But we got here and I was not impressed by the campus because wow. there's scaffolding everywhere. Because oh, yeah, Milstein did not exist. Right. But um, and it was at the, I think it was right at the beginning of their construction yeah. of... Milstein so 
got to see that, which is fun. My we went into the the administrative office, I think. In Millbank, yeah. Or like admissions or whatever. And we had that like, I don't know, forty five minute info session. And during that info session, my heart was just blossoming. I was so excited. I I loved everything she was saying. Okay. I I never had thought that I'd want to go to like a women's college before, but I I don't know. Something about it just really clicked with me and like even even though I was really sick, I was so excited to be there. And then I was like, I can't wait until we start doing like the tour around the campus, even though the campus is like four seconds worth of campus. <laughs> We we toured around and it was I just loved it and then we walked out and my mom was like so what'd you think and my sister her name Sarah was like I absolutely do not want to go here I hate this I don't want to go to a women's college this is not my vibes which you know it was my vibes so I was very excited and I told my mom this and she was very excited for me and then I worked for the next four years into getting into this school and there was like every every time there was like any sort of event where a high schooler could sign up that it wasn't paid for like I didn't have to pay for it because I was not paying money to come here before I was accepted <laughs> I don't blame you, you um, chose wisely mm-hmm. yeah so every time we there was an event I would come and I would participate and there was like So many, there was like one for like women's like rights or something like that. I cannot tell you because it's just so far in the past for me. But I just remember coming to campus and every time I would come, I would love it. And then there was a brief period, I will admit, that I was contemplating Columbia. And I was like, everything seems so cool there. I, for some reason, my like messed up brain was kind of obsessed with the core it's it the core uh, yes really to be fair i do like reading a lot of old books written by old white men yes nice i don't know why i just i like reading all books kind of you, sorry. but no, <laughs> no you're good you're good i mean you're not wrong though no. you're not wrong um <laughs> goes against the entire barnard agenda and <laughs> but i mean i will say as an english major we do still read a lot of books by old men. Yeah, we need to change that. Yeah. But yeah. I went on an info session tour at Columbia. It was so disorganized and it just solidified that I just was like, no, Barnard's definitely where I belong. And when I applied, I applied ED and um, I, was zone- I was so nervous. I did not think that I was going to get in. I was literally shaking when I got the email and I was coincidentally enough in my therapist's office <laughs> and she was like open it I was like okay what a good place to be it's like a nice position I know right either or situation you can be counseled in you know the greatness of the news or you can be counseled in the flip side exactly okay. so I opened it and I got in thankfully yay I cried so hard yeah. it was also I felt very accomplished that day when I got good. in because it was the like first time I successfully parallel parked during rush hour. <laughs> and I felt really cool. In New York City? Not in New York City. Yet. Okay. No, 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 no. Um, in Westchester. But okay. on a busy street. There was cars right. coming and beeping at me. And I was Just like, that caveat, I was right. like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, whoa. <laughs> me just destroying your precious set. <laughs> it's okay. 
Um, yeah. So that's my story. That's your story. Is it's a long one, but no, I think no. I mean, it's it's not unfamiliar. I think that's mm-hmm. the beauty of it. I think a lot of the times, what you mentioned about it's the sales pitch. You were hooked on the sales pitch. You came onto this campus. You were like, I was dying. They were scaffolding. I hated it. But then this one Barnard student was like, This is all the amazing things we have here, and you were like, Oh my god, I want to be a part of that. Exactly. So it just speaks to how important the sales pitch is and who do you have representing your school and talking to those high school students and their parents about your school because exactly. I think that's the make or break it because I feel that a lot of the time because Barnard does a good job of getting uh, what are they called B-SARS? B-SARS, B-SARS, yeah. B-SARS, you have to be trained so well because you are front-facing these students and exactly. you are their first impression. Yeah, no, I and I definitely feel that because like when I was interviewing for the Barnard store, Shay, my boss. Yeah, I love her. She loves you too. <laughs> She's like, I, when's Howard going to visit? I'm like, I don't know. You got to ask her. Oh. Um, she, when I was interviewing, she had told me that the Barnard store was basically the unofficial tour of Barnard. Yeah. Because people come in and they just drill you with questions. And it's not a bad thing. But sometimes it's, I'm like, I just am not being paid to do this. Um, but you know, got to put the best foot forward for Barnard. Yeah, and be- like, we do, we also don't have censors. So we, we keep it honest. But like, when we say the issues that we have with Barnard, we never make it, we never sugarcoat it. But we also say, but we're still here. And we still love it. And yeah. we're working at the school store. So obviously, we still want to be here. Yeah. Or you need money either way. I mean, yeah, but there are better ways to make money. You think so? Yeah. Okay. School store doesn't pay that much. Yeah. Comparatively to other jobs on campus. But you love the store. I think, yeah, you're right. The, the I even think about that with the bear store, the bear store, the Barnard store, which is basically the bear store, is it is front facing. It's it's part of the tour because people mm-hmm. come like, oh, this merchandise. Oh, you're a student? Let me chat with you. Mm-hmm. Which is different from us at the library because they just assume... I don't know. Something about the library, like I work at the library, is just you, you, that's not the conversation you tend to have. Yeah. Because not Barnard centric. It's information centric. Give me information about this place. Yeah, exactly. So that's very interesting to see that difference. Yeah, it's a it's a fun time. We've gotten so many very hard questions in the past couple of months. What are some What are some of the top two hardest questions you've gotten? With recently or just in general? I think in general gives us a bigger scope. Okay. And it could be recently, too. Imagine they're just, like, the hardest in the past month or so. Well, I think more generally, I think the hardest question is what don't you like about this school? Because I feel very pressured in the sense that I don't want to upset a person or push them away from applying to their dream school, especially because this is my dream school. I don't want to act like I'm trying to dissuade them from their dream school But I also don't want to lie to them. And it's very important to try to keep my answer very authentic, but very tamed and not controlled by my emotions that are occurring during that day. Mm. That's like the same with my coworkers. Like if we're angry at like financial aid, res life, any of those departments, a professor not getting accommodations, having an injury, something like that. And being really frustrated, you don't want like to have a customer come in and be like, yeah, well, the financial aid department doesn't do this or blah, 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 blah. Because you're going to get that anywhere. Like any college is going to be frustrating and have like certain caveats that like make everything like horrible. But like 
there's other stuff that makes this place great. So like trying to find that balance is really hard. And then the other thing that we've been getting more recently is do you feel safe? And the first time I heard that question, I was not too jazzed about being asked that, especially because I grew up in the like greater New York area. And I've grown up knowing that New York City is not necessarily safe. Um, and I mean, there's ways to be safe. But trying to explain that to someone who doesn't really know that while also trying to like advocate for Barnard and say like even though like it might not it's like in a city it's in a major city like what do you expect but also like my friend went to university in Tampa and his freshman year there was a serial killer on the loose yeah and I mean that's in Tampa you're not expecting a serial killer in Tampa to be coming after you but it was they were um so trying to answer that and not panic people but also not getting defensive is really important because there have been customers that like try to be like yeah well where i live it's really safe and i'm like is it i'm like well there's like i'm not saying like what other countries you live in but like there are certain things about like restrictions in those countries where like you're not necessarily fully like free per se right and there's limitations to everything like yeah it might be more dangerous here but you also have so many other great things in the city right and i think what you're getting at is interesting in terms of just well first thing you're you're building a skill set how do you answer difficult questions Mm -hmm. and how do you maneuver that fine line where you don't want to get your emotions and let that override your answer about the entire experience completely Because you're right, there are days on campus when you're just like, F this place. I cannot stand this thing. It's ruining my day, et cetera, et cetera. And then there are days that you're like, oh my gosh, Barnard's great. It's great. Oh my God, I love being here. And you're like a cheerleader for the school. And it's crazy because those fluctuate constantly and depending on time of the year as well. But in terms of safety, I think people need to realize that you're right. We're in a major metropolitan city. There are multitudes of people around here exactly. there's multitude this the probability of any kind of situation happening where there's a large population of humans is ridiculous exactly anything is possible so how do you let people who are rattled by events that have happened on campus and who knows what's going to happen next kind of thing like not to be for looming or anything but how do you how do you how do you comfort them but also sell them a product because that's it's not your job to comfort them yeah i was like folding like a shirt i'm like yeah well i feel great here (laughs) this this, this one is like 40 bucks you want to try i'm like here (laughs) here it is um but yeah yeah Uh, speaking the student the student work will struggle man yeah we get them crazies in the library too you get the crazy oh my god don't even get me started on the real crazies like the people who just you like look at them in a smile they're like screaming at your face you're like would you like a receipt with that yeah (laughs) Do you like the receipt with that um, anger management that you need to um, purchase? <laughs> no, because some people just come up and they're just like, I'm entitled to everything and anything. Here's my phone. This is my book. Find it. I'm just like, uh, excuse me? My favorite thing is like, I'm not naming names, but certain people come into the store, either alums or people who work here, and they like try to think they can get special treatment. They like walk in. They're like, oh, yeah, like, can I return this? And I'm like, do you have a receipt? They're like, No. 
so the I say is I also, cannot do that. No, right. like, but I'm the blah blah blah, or I went to school here, or I don't care. I go to school here too. I go here too <laughs> and I still have to follow the rules and regulations. Boo boo. Did you forget? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just I they really think that I'm a, I'm gonna let myself get fired for them. No, it doesn't work that way, and it never will. I'm sorry, and I feel like people are not used to the, to know, and they never will be. So then they just continue on their life living as if. No doesn't exist in their world. Exactly. And that's the most interesting thing you'll find on any college campus, I think. Working in any sort of customer service Yeah, job. and working in customer service within these like elite institutions is very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. But hey, we're out here. You know, got to make that money. Got to make that money. Got to pay for my groceries, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And that's just how we are doing it, right? So we're on campus. You made that choice. You said Barnard is for me. It's my dream school. And I wrote it down. I'm like, okay. But is it still the dream school or is is it the school? How about this? Is it still the school you dreamed about now that you're three years in, give or take? We're in a junior year. Reflecting on what your experience has been like, does Barnard meet the expectations that you had dreamed about, quote unquote? I think in some ways, yes. I definitely feel like there is no other school that I could have gone to and been this happy um especially because of all the great friends that I've made I think the community like I am always talking about the community here at Barnard because it's just so linked up and even if there's people that you necessarily don't like or you're very different people from Mm -hmm. um it you can all still mesh together in like one sort of harmonious community so I really appreciate that and I think that's what makes this school like my dream school and the fact that I can also pursue my passions in bio and in English and be able to manage that within my schedule even though I use manage as a like a very loose term (laughs) (laughs) but that's that's definitely a very great plus for me and the professors I have some really amazing professors that I really love and obviously there's going to be some bad professors but we don't need to focus on them no we focus on positives we only focus on the positive right? professors we're just the eight suite yeah we only look at the positives we look at the positives and, and I and think critique. just looking also at my my friends from home right. their experiences at their schools like they're going through the ringer in some ways like one of my friends has to take a full extra year Why? because of, well, she initially got into this like pharmacy program at university at Buffalo and she got kicked out of it. And that's not an abnormal thing. The pharmacy program is like two years of undergrad, four years of grad. Okay. So within the two years, it was like a year and a half. She got kicked out. So it was a pretty hard blow. I can imagine. And with the way that they structure their schedule, she had to um, now take like all of her gen eds. And then also the way that they structure their majors, like you have to apply to be in a major. And right now she has applied to be in a farm sciences major and she will not hear back until March. And then from there, she can take two years of the upper level farm science courses. But you can't until you apply. It's complicated. It's really weird. It's really complicated. Honestly, 
I just, I don't understand why she's still at that school, but she still loves it. And I guess, I guess that's the thing is that even though there's, there's a lot of bad things about any school, like what yeah. makes you want to stay? And I think Barnard, even though I've had some issues with some things, I think there's so many positives that so still positives. make it my dream school. That's good to hear. And yeah, you're right. I feel like once you find that one or two things, is, I mean, it's very reflective of life. Like you make decisions, you choose one thing over the other, and there's always going to be like, oh, if only I could have did this, 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 and this. This one problem, oh, it takes away from the image that I had in my head of what this space was supposed to look like. But at the end of the day, reality is nothing is 100% perfect. Nothing. Exactly. Everything will have its ups and downs, pros and cons. That's why we have pros and cons lists. Like they didn't come out of nowhere. They they were they were there for a reason, and they are and exist for a reason. You just have to pick and choose your battles here and there. But no, I think, I mean, you mentioned it slightly, like your bio major in addition to English major. Why those two tracks and why in combination? I think that's my biggest question. Oh, well, um, so I originally came into Barnard. Like, I'm still pursuing pre-med. Um but not knowing exactly what I wanted my major to be. And one thing that I learned was that you don't necessarily have to be a science or a STEM major to go to medical school as long as you do the prereqs. So I was very determined to have a non-STEM major. And I was deciding between English and history. And there, I don't know, I really enjoyed the history classes that I've taken. But there's something about the English department at Barnard that really called to me and also the fact that you cannot minor in creative writing and that is a very big passion of mine is creative writing and in order to have any sort of creative writing on your degree you have to be an English major with a concentration in creative writing which I still have to apply for that this year because you apply for, your, for that in your junior um, second semester. And I want to have that creative writing aspect at my degree. And that was a very important thing to me, especially because I wanted to take those classes more than anything else. And I also enjoy English classes. I do think what's very interesting for me is that I have like a very wide range of interests. I can see. And I love like basically any subject you give me, I will like like doing it. I think, and especially in high school, a lot of things came to me very easily. I don't know what that says about the quality of my school or anything <laughs> like that, but um, I definitely liked all the classes that I took in high school. But one thing that was very hard for me was English in terms of analytical papers. So the fact that I was like, I'm going to pursue the one thing that is very difficult for me to do was something that I kind of liked yeah. because if I had like a pretty good understanding with every other subject, like why, why not focus on the one that you're struggling with? Yeah. Because that's a challenge. You yeah. are seeking to get knowledge in something that you were challenged by. That's exactly. where the fun is. It's not when you do things that easy, that's boring. You lose interest quite easily. It gets so boring when you're just like kind of, you're like, oh yeah, I learned this. Or like, oh yeah, I just like do this this way. And it's like right. very like mundane and very... I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, but 
then the bio came in. Yeah. <laughs> the bio came in when I was going through, I have like a huge Excel sheet with 40 different possible ways for me to finish my degree. And I noticed that with the classes I have been taking and the classes that I am required to take for pre-med, I would have needed to take one more lecture and th- three extra labs or two extra labs to be a bio major. So I was like, why Might not? as well. I was like, why not do that? Especially because with the bio major at Barnard, you can have, you can do research either with a professor here or with a, another like person off campus and um, do research for a full year and do like a like guided research course that like is like one once a week, three hour like seminar and like get it count for like have it count for two labs. Mm. So I was like, I'm going to do research anyway. Yeah. So might as well just be a bio major, I guess. Yeah. Be a bio- <laughs> and there's writing involved. Right, yes, sort of. I mean you have to write lab reports, but that's, that's not hard for me because yeah, right. lab reports are very like formulaic too. They're so formulaic, it's not, and it's not hard because like it's different than like writing like an analytical like essay. And I think yeah, writing lab reports comes very naturally to me. I think and trying to figure out how to jump between the analytical side of my brain, the very scientific side of my brain, and the very like artsy side of my brain, humanities side has been a very interesting thing. And I think even last semester where I was taking three STEM courses and three English courses, I was blossoming. I felt so good. Okay, my reaction initially was, what were you thinking? Six classes, half and half? I mean, well, yeah, half and half. This this semester, I'm also still taking six classes like a maniac. Um, but it's not half and half this time. I only have one English class and I'm pretty sad about it. I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, and then I'm taking like language requirement. You haven't done that yet. I have to do my second semester. I was stopped mm, by Orgo. Right. Because it starts at 10 and my language class, it's four days, it's Farsi. So it's one of those four days a week mm-hmm. classes like and they only have it like 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. So I would have had to like literally like sprint Across campus. Not even, I would have had to teleport because it ends at 10, but Orgo starts at 10. Okay, never mind then. So I literally was just not able to do that for a full calendar year. But whatever, we're not mad. (laughs) See, positive vibes. Yeah. Positive energy out to the universe and we receive positive energy from that. But no, I, I, I like that you are catering to the challenge part, which is I want to challenge myself in English. And in creative writing... As a result of that, I'm guessing you just like you like do you like writing fiction? Do you nonfiction? What's that writing look like? If it's that's what you're interested in, super strange right now. <laughs> I used to basically exclusively write short stories, but I took a playwriting class last year, last fall, not this past fall, but the fall before that, and it completely changed everything for me. Because I had gone into it thinking like, oh, it's, it'll be fine. Like like every other like creative writing class, it'll be fine. Well, but I went in the first day. My professor was just like, a B is a really good grade in this class. Don't expect it to be easy. You guys have to read two plays a week and write like a short play every single week. And then we're going to have like a big final project that's like 30 pages. And I was like, oh, gosh. I was very nervous and I the first couple of plays that I had written she kept shooting them down she was like no you're not getting the point of 
any of what I'm saying and you're not using the, the space correctly, like this is a stage, you have to keep it realistic within the realms of like what you can realistically do on a stage. And it took a really long time for me to like kind of get that. But once I did, it was so validating. Mm -hmm. And I grew so much as a writer. And I realized how much I loved plays. It was so great. And then, I mean, in the end, I think that I, I got like a really good thing out of that class. And I was very happy. And I felt my my one goal was to impress my professor. I didn't care about my grade. I fully expected to leave that class with a B. Um, and she had said, like, if you get anything higher, that means you really impressed me. And I was like, I really want to impress her. And I had, like, turned in, like, my final project, you know, I said it was supposed to be 30 pages. Right. And the night of, it was due Sunday at 10 a.m. And it was Saturday night at 5 p.m. I had 30 pages that I had written over the course of, like, a couple of weeks and then just in a burst of inspiration I wrote 50 more pages and just turned in like a 79 page monstrosity and <laughs> it was really bad everyone was like I oh, mine was like 30 mine was like 40 pages mine oh, was 50 yeah. pages and then my I was face like, is in shock right now I'm sorry you guys can't see the visual cues <laughs> but yeah I was like mine's 79 pages people <laughs> my friend Isabel who was in that class turned to me and she was like I literally saw you Saturday afternoon and you had 30 pages what happened and I was like I don't know like I just got like a burst of like inspiration and I just the story clicked in my brain wow but yeah, I was very happy. And with, did, did you get that satisfying grade? To... Um, yeah, I will. I will admit, I got an A minus. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I felt Revealed. very happy. I honestly cried when I found out. But oh, that's amazing. Yeah, ever... and it was not even because I got like an A. It's because I impressed her. And it's because you yeah. put in the work to really understand how to do something that you were not familiar with. Yeah. So this challenge, I exactly. like that. I like that you you set yourself. You were like, I'm gonna try this new thing, and I'm gonna put my all into it. Yeah. I think that's so It was important. so rewarding. Exactly. And yeah. you get there, you, you reap the benefits of your hard work. And people yeah. don't realize that. It's like, oh my God, I got A, da, 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 da. It's like, well, if you didn't put the hard work in, honey, where yeah. the you, you're not going to get results. I mean, like I got, like I've, I've gotten good grades in other creative writing classes and other, like just other classes. But like, I actually have like a real relationship with that professor. That's good. Like I, I got like, like, d like lunch with her. Like and you never know semester. where that's going to take you. That's the I'm thing. seeing her play this mm -hmm. weekend. See, exactly. Like, you never know where this is going to take you either. Like, yeah. It may take you completely different from what you expected. Keep those connections. Keep, keep the I love that. I'm like networking queen. Had Like, put that on my head. <laughs> Do it. Network till, you, network till you can drop. Is that a word? Network till you'll drop? Ne network till you'll drop. Yeah, I feel like that works. Does it? I mean. Sure. We can make it work. Thing. yeah optimism optimism i love that ari i love that Thank i you. love that for you and <laughs> it's interesting so then the pre-med side then so do you want to be a doctor you're a doctor playwright what's going on what's happening so my plan right now is to be a OBGYN because nice. i'm very into women's health honestly everyone else could like get out of my face i am here for good vagina health for all yeah Emphasis. i mean like yeah. Just like emphasizing with, <laughs> emphasizing with my hands I'm no like, visual cues so, <laughs> no yeah. visual cues yeah i just really am passionate about women's health i can imagine and i also want to do playwriting on the side i think you could do it all yeah 
And I think you will do it all if that's what you want to do. Yeah. And I mean, like, a lot of doctors are known to write on the side. Yeah, like books and things. Yeah. I've seen, like, my doctor do, like, children's books. Yeah. I feel like all doctors are, like, super, super stressed all the time. So, like, what they need something to let it out. Right. And, and that'll you, be my thing. You'll just be like, um, doctor, uh, OBGYN by day, Broadway by night. <laughs> and that's just how it works. That's so cool, though. See, that's the inspiration that I myself need. I'm like, all right, I need to venture out and figure out what it is that drives me. Because you talked a lot about this passion. Passion. I say it like that because I have my own caveats with the word passion. What does that even mean? <laughs> no, because usually when you ask, yeah. you know, when you're growing up, they're like, you ask someone, oh, what do you want to be? Like, you said, did you say, they give you the advice, follow your passion. And I feel like that's so ambiguous and so... It's interesting. I mean, maybe this is just my critical or like pessimistic look on it. Passion. What what, what is passion? Is that if assuming I had a passion beforehand and now I'm just going to go pursue it? Well, I mean, like I kind of find like the word passion when I think about like I think a lot of about a lot of things in like feelings and in terms of how my body feels and how like I react to certain things. And when I think about like science and like just writing and getting a really good idea and developing a character and a setting and like learning microbiology and learning stuff about viruses and then learning stuff about like gynecology and like women's bodies and like the history of like like (laughs) the history of like systematic oppression of women in healthcare (laughs) um all these different things I get like it's like a buzzing under the skin Okay. It's like a giddiness in your like chest right? and you get like really like excited. It's like I would imagine I've never done like heroin, but I ima- I mean, actually, no, I don't think heroin would give maybe like cocaine. I don't know. Some sort of like upper. Like- we do not promote the usage of drugs. On no this drugs podcast. on this. Okay. No drugs. Just a PSA. Continue. <laughs> um, I just I just imagine it's like what an extreme like high would feel. Right. And like that passion is like you literally feel unstoppable when you're like learning or like teaching someone about something or like doing something helpful. Also helping people like helping people is like one of my favorite things to do. Same. And like feeling like that you've done something good for someone like even though that is like selfish in a sense that you're like doing something nice nice for the feeling that you get in return. It's I don't know. I think it's justifiable. Okay. I I justify it, but see, you hear that you hear that here, folks. Ari justify selfish means of helping people and um <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. No. No, I think no, I think what you're getting at is or at least what we're both kind of getting at, because mine's the more is an interesting viewpoint on it, and it's be, it's based on this like paper I read because I know you wanted to talk about passion a little bit, so I read I like read up on people and what their take on passion is. One guy was talking about on a Forbes magazine how passion, follow your passion is dead, and yeah, <laughs> oh I know God, what it's dead. And their argument was basically, it's it's a crime against reason and common sense to put our emotions and what feels good in the moment ahead of everything else because passion is not stunted in time it's something that can be developed so thus it's it's a it's a very i looked at, i was like what is this person's inherent biases i was being so critical <laughs> but then at the same time i was like maybe i can take something from this and the fact that 
you didn't did you know walking into college like you were like I want to be OBGYN or th- was that something that developed as a result of taking classes that's actually something that I knew coming into Barnard but I did not know it my senior year when I was applying yeah it was it was something that I had thought about over like the last year of high school not even just like seriously just contemplating and I was like I'm really into science I'm really into women's rights and women's health. And I was like, maybe I should pursue this job. And the more I looked into it, the more interested I was, especially like the more that I like researched about like the the faults within that field, I felt very passionate because I was like, I want to be an advocate for women of color so that they're not being killed when they're having babies. Like Serena Williams example. I know. I was like, if serena williams is gonna be mistreated what's gonna happen to the normal people yeah like <laughs> not like average person yeah like the regular person who comes in and out of the healthcare system our health our healthcare system period i mean let's be real i knew nothing about it until i studied abroad for it you know yeah and that's when it really put the question i was that's like okay when, where do i fit into this equation i'm still trying to figure that out i mean but that's the thing is that like i think what what's his name the guy that said that quote honestly i don't want to give any plugs it was a forbes article okay forbes article man i think what he's trying to get at is that you have to be practical with your decisions but also at the same time like when i was going through all of my passions it's a my nice little rolodex of passions i was also thinking practically can i realistically do this job and make money from it I'm, I mean, like, I'm a child of two immigrants, and they were like, we busted our butts to get to this country and be where we are, and we are living in a very high-taxed neighborhood so that you can get a good public school education, so you better do the work to pay us back. And I was like, okay, okay. Gotcha, <laughs> mom and dad. Gotcha. Like, got it. Um, and I mean, both my parents have struggled in, like, so many different things, so right. I feel like I realistically for me i have to do something that is worthwhile to them so you know playwriting not a really realistic passion to pursue in their eyes so i looked into all the stuff that i was i really enjoyed doing and i was like okay medicine is definitely something practical you can make some amount of money with it i mean depending on how you specialize and just like, I don't know, how the track going through medical school, all that jazz, all that stuff in science. Um, but what's so important to remember is that, yeah, you can choose a practical job, but you have to still be passionate about it. Like so many people are not just passionate about one thing. You there's has to be something that you're passionate about that can be at least somewhat practical because I know so many people who are going into fields for the wrong reason because they think they're going to get money out of it. But the thing is, like the people who are the most successful in that field or in those fields are the people who are passionate about what they're doing. You don't want to be a financial analyst who has to work 14 hours a day if you really hate doing math or. Yeah, I mean, like anything you don't want to like. You don't want to be a doctor if you hate interacting with people. What is that? And there's so many people who like specifically in the pre-med field or pre-med like track that I have seen who just really should not be pursuing it. And I'm not saying that in the sense that they're not smart enough or they're not qualified enough. But 
if you just cannot interact properly with another human being, how are you going to treat someone who is being vulnerable to you? Like they're putting their life in your hands. That's why that's why there's a lot of malpractice. And that's why there's a lot of problems. <laughs> I love that for you. No, you're right. And yeah. I think in you're hinting to something I had a, I had a conversation similar to this at least on this line of th- thought with Maimuna, who's mm-hmm. a senior here at Barnard. And she was talking about how people go into like pre-med or go into being a doctor because they can make money out of it. And the fundamental role of a doctor is to help a patient. Yeah. So why is the malpractice happens when people are going into this without the intention of what the actual job entails. Like that's the same thing I talked about with teachers. Why teach if you don't like teaching? I have no idea why people who hate kids go into teaching. Why? What is the reason? Like there's so many jobs, like how many job industries fields are out there that are like the practical ones that we know about. And then now there's like new ones coming out too. Like, social media influencer or i like I that know. you mentioned that <laughs> yeah yeah what do you like the about influence. it the influence I, I mean i was trying to, i'm trying to be like a all-encompassing yeah. and all-inclusive i mean all like youtuber of, vlogger like whatever you want to be all that some people go into it like oh i saw someone you can make a lot of money out of it but you're not passionate about what you're doing so then yeah. you burn out not even one third of the way through the exactly. entire production because you don't want to do what you and then you wonder oh this person they're you know they're one of a kind you know i can't i can't meet that standard of this person like because you didn't put the work in and you didn't put the yeah. work in because you didn't like the work you were doing also like i don't know why people like they go they go into these hard fields like do- being a doctor is not easy going into finance is not being a lawyer is not easy all these things are not easy yeah but like people just feel the need to do and i mean like even being a doctor like i don't know where this there there is a misconception that doctors make a lot of money and some do like surgeons they make a lot of money but you have to be a good surgeon and you got to put in the work you got to put in the, the work. hours the, the hours time, the schooling the schooling that's a, you, that's you get so much debt and then also when people i don't know people when i have mentioned that i want to be an OBGYN. people are like oh that's gonna be really hard to have a family like well luckily for you i don't want kids like mm-hmm. i don't care about putting in the work because i'm passionate about it and i won't have any other thing besides myself holding me back but like people who want to have like children people who want to have big families that is a that is a thing to consider and i know that my mom she's a doctor she busted her butt to be a doctor while having two kids and it definitely wasn't easy and it was a very big compromise between her and my dad to make sure that both can like flourish in their careers but people think that just being a doctor is really easy it's not what you're saying is resonating because i feel like any industry you go into literally any field anything you do has its challenges there's nothing that's easy i've never heard you have never heard anyone say that thing that thing was easy if they say that they're lying period they're lying like i said like pros and cons there are pros and cons to everything and that same thing applies to like struggles and difficulties any industry you go to pros and cons period Uh, that's just the reality of how life works so the moment we realize that i think that's when we're going to make better decisions about where do we want to put our time and invest our time into give or take and I think the passion thing, you know, you're changing my mind a little bit. I mean, I mean, I'm still a little bitter about the word. Maybe, not, maybe passion is not the word for me. But I don't know. When we reflect on what drives us, mm-hmm. I think drive for me hits home better. Because yeah. what, what, what can I put my time into that I can continuously have a drive to do over yeah. and over again? And I don't mind putting in the work. I don't mind the pros. I don't mind the cons. 
give give me anything about the situation, I'll still do it. That's when I'll know, okay, this is something I can go into. And un- until then, I'm going to be actively searching. Because mm-hmm. some people say, oh, you should not be actively searching for your passions. It just hits you. It should just come to oh, you. The dumb. aha moment. <laughs> I'm like, there's no aha moment. Every moment is a I don't know. It's, <laughs> I don't like. I don't know. I've never said, "Aha! This is what I want to do." No, it's always. I've always gotten walked into situations, always. I don't know, flippy or like unsure. I've never been like, "Aha! This is I what mean, I want to do." Also, there's just you're never gonna like. It's not a moment. Like I it's, never realized like what I wanted to do in a moment. It was a very long span of time. It developed, and I was thinking it about developed. it, and then like you do things. Like I volunteered in the emergency department in Mount Sinai and I after doing that like I really enjoyed doing it but I was like I could never work in the emergency department <laughs> and you don't know something until you experience and try it, it. like and try it so and that whole passion that's bull <laughs> that's, that's BS right there you're right and I think you're hitting home a good point try everything that you possibly can because you don't want to live thinking oh, if only I had done this thing if only I had tried this one thing when you're in your rocking chair at the age of like 70 or 80. Yeah, you don't need that life phone. You don't need that. Exactly. Life phone, whatever. The, if you're missing <laughs> out, life phone. Us and these like words, like YOLO, FOMO. There's too many things happening in this, I, this episode. I, know, I don't even. I'm trying to think about what FOMO actually stands for. Fear of for. missing out. Fear of missing out. Yeah. yeah. You don't want that for your life. I think. You just got to experience everything one and, thing at a time. And you're right. And if you try, don't be afraid to have that moment where you're like okay at least i know i don't want to do that and that's perfectly fine you don't have to try everything and be like like be so meticulous to the point where you're not you're not willing to try because you know oh maybe i maybe maybe i won't like it maybe i won't well honey try see what happens if you like it you don't like it at least you can say you at least tried it attempted it yeah i think that's the most important thing or one of the most important things to keep in mind i think moving forward for myself moving forward for you and hopefully moving forward for any listener who's listening yeah yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, we're not wrong. We, we, honey. We, we are not wrong. We are not wrong here on this H Suite. We try our best with the knowledge we have, and we transmit that knowledge to you, the listener. <laughs> so keep listening. <laughs> um, and I just want to wrap it up into a nice bow and just ask, I think moving forward now that we've like kind of talked through past, we've talked through like your decision-making process, we talked to how you got here. It was a spur of... Someone selling you, you were like, the marketing worked, apparently. BSAR did their job. You were like, hooked. Yeah. You came out to campus. You kind of figured out what works, what doesn't work. Moving forward, we're in our junior year. We're going to be seniors next year. Mm-hmm. What are some things that you are looking forward to for yourself that you definitely, just like, yeah, what are some things that you're looking forward to for yourself moving forward, I guess? So general non it's like a open question. It open question. Not yeah. even about just like school. It could be anything. It's, it doesn't have to be academic. I feel like that's the point that I'm trying to drive home yeah. as well. A lot of everything that we go through as college students, most of the time, the shit that happens in our lives and that knocks us off our kilter isn't academic related when it comes yeah. to, it's always something else. No, and if definitely. if it is academic related, it's more manageable sometimes than things that happen out of the blue. So, but yeah, anything. Okay. Well... You know, I'm hoping that life is a little bit easier, I hope. And (laughs) the face you just made, no one can see it, but I can. Um, I think, well, yeah, like you said, a lot of the issues that like really knocks you down when you're in school is not academic related. And I definitely feel like even though I think 
not necessarily like it hasn't necessarily been I, I don't know I feel like the past even just collectively with high school like the past like seven years of my life have been pretty rough but also enjoyable and I'm looking forward to enjoying more of life and hoping that it gets easier but knowing that I'm strong enough to get through it and and I'm really thankful that I've had a lot of struggles in my life this thus far even though I'm super young and all the experience of experiences that I've experienced thus far are maybe a little too mature for my age or whatever people like to say but I, I really appreciate that I've gone through these things in a setting where I can pick myself back up and it's there's not that much fallout from what has occurred in terms of like academic fallout or like with socially with my friends like I'm in a space where I'm meant to fall down a lot and I can get back up and still do my thing and I really appreciate that because a lot of people don't get those experiences when they're in the space and then they're in real life and then they have a midlife crisis and then they they don't know how to deal with it um but yeah I also hope that in the future I'm a little bit more balanced I feel like I go back and forth from being very like there and present and very feeling like I have all my stuff together and my shit's in control but um I don't even know what I was saying in that sentence (laughs) I don't know I just I feel like I have been very scattered at some points in college and like you said you don't want to look back in your life and be like I regret anything that I've done or I regret that I didn't experience that more fully and I feel like that was definitely how I felt about freshman year and sophomore a little bit of sophomore year is that I feel like I didn't do as much as I could have done to like really experience those years but then I realized like I experienced them and now I'm better for it and I had to go through that in order to get to where I am so I don't know I'm just looking forward to more change and more growth yeah yeah that's a nice way to put it and I think I relate to that I think the biggest you know this whole podcast started off on the idea of success Mm-hmm. And I think for me, the one of some of the biggest, I have so many definitions of success because of this like podcast, yeah. <laughs> but one of them is, you know, a successful person, not from the one who's never been knocked down and has always been at the top and just has been given everything or has glided through life. You don't respect that person. Sorry, just being quite blunt. I'm more inclined to respect the person who has been hit multiple times, has dropped to the ground, to their knees, to their back, sunk but still manage to come back up each and every single time. And I think you learn more because of that. And whatever struggles you have gone through in your life, they were they make you who you are today, you know? Yeah. And that's an amazing human being. Oh, and that's <laughs> No, I'm, I'm just being honest. It's like everything we've gone through was meant to happen. Mm-hmm. And there's no challenge that comes our way that we're not able to take on head on. Whether that be English major, boo boo, challenge taken, challenge challenge conquered. If anything, (laughs) thirty pages turned to seventy nine. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's just that's 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 where the respect and that's where your story comes from. It's the journey, not the destination. Yeah. The more complicated your journey, well, that's just more of an interesting story to listen to. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And with that, I want to say thank you so much, Ari, for taking the time. Thank to you talk so much with me for having me. Suite. If people want to contact you, ask you any questions about being a molecular biology major, right? That's your major, mm-hmm. or an English major, or just being at Barnard, being from Westchester, anything at all. How can they contact you? Whether that be your Instagram, your email. Um, well, you can email me or you can check my Instagram. I don't know. Um, my email is ac4210 at barnard.edu. And my Instagram is Ari Chubbs, which is A-R-I underscore C-H-U-B-B-S. Perfect. Ari Chubbs. Alrighty, sis. And thank you once again. And thank you guys for listening to the entirety of this episode. I appreciate it always when you guys listen to the end because that means that you care. That means that you're here for me, for us, for this. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you yourself want to be a guest on a podcast, please hit me up. Email at hsweetchats at gmail.com or Instagram DM me at hsweetchats. That's also where I put most of my posts, updates, Motivational Mondays come out on the Instagram page. We have Valentine's Day video up on the Instagram page. So check it out. Everything's up there. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And I will talk to you guys later. Peace.